All right, so I am back, and this is the thing. You're always going to be that. That is a perfect example of getting one percent better. I appreciate anybody that was calling me out from the bad audio. Hopefully, this audio is better. That is a perfect example of getting one percent better. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about something that really hit me. Okay, I went back to the basics. I went back to think and grow rich. I went back to, which is right here. I went to Dale Carnegie's The Art of Public Speaking. And the reason is because I feel like today, if you are famous or if you have followers or if you have anyone that cares about anything that you talk about, you have to write a book. But back then, I feel like it was more about, okay, you're really good at writing books, go write a book. And there was, there was something that I, I read in the latest book, which was in just a, a phenomenal chapter. So it's Stephen Covey's son. Stephen Covey wrote the seven, effective, or the seven Habits of Highly Effective People. His son, which by the way, I read and I have to reread because I was not ready for it the first time I read it. Then the second one, ironically enough, has to do more in the lines. By the way, his son wrote the book that I'm reading right now, which is The Speed of Trust, which, by the way, is so basic. But there are things in there that he covers and you go, wow, wow, that that's that's a good point. One of them was a chapter it's only about four to five pages but he said always improve and i'm like oh okay obviously obviously this is basic i don't need to read this sure enough i i started cracking through it and he said something very interesting so much so that i had to put the book down and meditate on it and by meditate i don't physically mean or mentally mean that i closed my eyes and meditated on it, but I look up and I, and I say, that is so powerful. And that brings together so many things that I need, I need to get this word out for two reasons. One is a selfish reason. So it gets imprinted in my brain. And the self, the second reason is because nobody is talking about it. I have never heard of this concept. Maybe you have, and maybe it sounds basic, but here it is. So 1% better, you hear it from me. The reason I love 1% better, it's the smallest thing. It is the smallest thing. Is because when you compound 1% better, it's the same thing when you, when you compound a penny. By day 14, it's still only $14, $15 or $100 or $2,000, whatever it is. And then by the end of it, it's you know, some ridiculous amount, you know, a couple of million or whatever it is. Obviously, I completely butchered that, but you know what I'm talking about. And I've seen it in my life is that someone I used to look up to whether it was someone that got all the girls or someone that had a ton of money or someone that had a, a ton or, or a great uh, physique, you know, they, they were just, they just crushed it at the gym. I would say, wow. And then if I compounded that, I would actually say, I'm as good or they're within sight, you know, I, and that's, that's a totally different principle than what I'm going to be talking about. And this is something that, unfortunately, I think 
happens sometimes. Audio good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, thanks for the love. I saw this woman on a train today, and she was she was obese. She was she was she was I don't know morbidly obese. I don't I don't know the scientific term behind it. But I was thinking about it. I said, what was the habits that she when did she start the habits to to start becoming very large, like unhealthy large. And I I really thought about it and I think there's a point. And they always say this is that you stop listening to new music by 33. I think it's even earlier. And the reason being is that your your temptation to discover new music or be open to new music or or have that potential for growth stagnates at 30. You know, because everyone has the I want to be a millionaire by 30. I had that. I think you guys had that. I want to be a millionaire by 30. You know, I'm like, it's, it's five years away. I can easily do that in five years. And it didn't happen. And then you started seeing people kind of just like drift off. And there is a time that you essentially just stop. You stop looking to improve. And I think that happened with her and or with anyone. You know, there, there's a point where you just say, you know what? Maybe acting isn't right for me. You know, or you could be Bill Cranston, the guy that is, that was in that meth show that he goes, yeah, uh, I think I hit it big 30 years later, you know, or Bill Burr, you know, he's 50 something years old. When did he get discovered 10 years ago as a very popular comedian or seven years ago when he was 45, 15 or 20 years later, he was probably 30 years in the bit like anyone you think of. When, when, a, when a, an athlete hits it real big, they probably have been doing it since age five and they're 25, so that's 20 years. But there's also the time that you stop where you say the gap between your expectations and where you want to be, health, money, relationships, house, your job, your career, physically, mentally, whatever, is too great and you stop. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So you have the compound effect, which is really hard to... Cons- we are human. If you, if you read basic biology, everything makes sense. Dating dynamics make sense. Why do guys go with women that are more attractive? If they had... All of these women, they would go with ones that would be able to have their child and they would deliver their child, excuse me, and the reason they would, they would choose the person with the best fitness, and by the way, that has nothing to do with, that, that's all in general, okay, that's, that's blonde hair over brunette hair, okay, that is healthy skin over unhealthy skin, that's thin over anything else, why? Because... It's nature. We're not, we're not this 50, like, you know, five decades old thing. So what I'm saying is when you actually break it down, someone's seen it's the marshmallow test. It's pushing something out into the future. When I say 1% better, most people don't get that because they're thinking, yeah, 
I know I should buy an apartment right now, but it's, I don't know. It's, I don't know if I should. Well, let's look at it historically. Okay. And I'll lay out the numbers and I'll say, if you buy a home right now, I will sell this home in 2027, potentially double your money. Humans don't think that way because we lived on a open field that it was survival right now. Nobody thought about tomorrow. It was survival right now. War, tribe, disease, animal attacks, fresh water, food, nature, weather. It was all there. It was all there right now. So you have hedonism, which is right now, and I don't care about tomorrow. And then there is the opposite where I only care about tomorrow and I don't have any fun right now. And then you regret everything in the past. There's obviously a balance, but in the book that I was reading today, and the point of the entire video is that 1% better is great, but it's really hard to explain someone into the future that if you compound this knowledge, running, biking, if you compound doing that more, you will get smarter. You will be a better runner. You will be better at biking. It sounds good. It's hard to convince people on it, except today when I was reading the Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey Jr., maybe, or Stephen Covey's son, okay? And in there, he talks about getting, always improve, always improve. And I was like, okay, this is a basic chapter. I'm gonna skip it. And I said, you know what? Let's just, let's skim it. And that's essentially what I've been doing with these, these classics, okay? And he said in there, he said, when you stop improving, this is, crazy important. When you stop improving, you are essentially pulling knowledge from the past to utilize it into the future. So if I stop learning, so there's, this is the best way to think about it. There's three ways to really get better. The first is consistency. Okay. The second is strategy. And the third is growth in that order. You can't have growth before it's a habit. You can't strategize without it being consistent, okay? I can't go and ski once a year and say, why am I not getting better? Why can't I do double black diamonds? Why are blue squares the hardest route, the hardest slope I can take? Huh, okay, it's the same thing. That makes sense, that makes sense. It's the same person that was very successful in the 90s. I had, a I had a manager that he was a big real estate agent in 1993. I was the best real estate agent in 1993. You know how you got leads in 1993? The Sunday New York Times real estate edition. It was shopping carts or advertising on buses. It was extremely expensive to be in real estate at that time. Was there video? No. Was there websites? No. Was there branding? No. Was there a phone? No. It was a desk phone. Then there was cell phones. What about the internet? Were there websites? <laughs> no. It was the Sunday New York Times. And that's why I could not jive with that. Because there are managers that were amazing in 1993 and have continued that.
That is the best example I can give you. And you say, oh, obviously, Charles, you have to improve. Well, what area have we stopped doing something as consistently and we still want growth? I go to the ski slope January 10th every year and I expect to be better than last year? No, because I'm not going consistently. I can't strategize so there's no growth, okay? I just started making sales calls. I couldn't have strategized exactly how they were gonna go unless I started and I did it consistently, okay? This is way beyond 1% better. This is way beyond 1% better, and this actually hits me harder than 1% better, okay? Because you're essentially pulling in past knowledge, exactly. Someone who has bragged about the past, a one-hit wonder in acting, Someone that was amazing. It's the David Goggins principle that says, what have you done now? What have you done? You have, you won a championship. Amazing. Have you grown your wealth since then? Have you volunteered? Have you given back? Are you doing something that's growing you in another area? Okay. I'm also going to add on top of this is that so many people, so they call it analysis paralysis. But so many people strategize to the oomph degree. They Google all of the everything. It was the same thing when I started in triathlons. I Googled everything. I had pages and pages of, of notes on how to do triathlons. There is nothing like actually doing a triathlon and being many people could run, many people could bike, and many people but can swim, but to swim, then bike, then run is a totally different sport. That is your heart rate on the run is at 165, 170, 180 beats per minute for 13 miles on a half or a full marathon on the full, okay? I couldn't read that in a book. So that's why I would rather take knowledge from someone that was a practitioner. I've, I've literally scoured the internet. Bob Proctor, Chris will be happy about that one. Dale Carnegie, uh, Earl Nightingale, I am absolutely obsessed with. I'm ripping the CDs of Anthony Robbins right here. And essentially going back to the people that were good practitioners, not the people that are popular and wrote about it. And I've noticed that you, if, if you essentially want to rank good content over other good content, I implore you. And I came to this realization on Friday when I was out and through the last month, I've been just absorbing Earl Nightingale. Strangest Secret, highly recommend you reread that and reread that and reread that and reread that because I came down to two conclusions. It's going to be a podcast potentially this week or at another time, is there's only two things that should ever be focused on at any time. Number one, what do you actually say to yourself? What do you say to yourself? Okay, it's your internal dialogue. And then number two is what do you free, what, how do you, what do you feed your mind with? Okay, do you feed it with visualization? with 
affirmations with good or bad content, okay? I'm gonna go into a whole podcast on that because I noticed that the content I'm consuming are podcasts. And they're not bad, but they're also not books. And I have gotten more wisdom from books than any other source. But the thing is, podcasts are fun. They're enjoyable. They're great. But the thing is, it's one week apart from each other. If someone spent three years and they wrote a book or five years in cases of, uh, what's his name, Green, that's mental. Or 10 years to write a book. That's crazy. Those are the, that's the content I need to be filling my brain with. Okay. So I've started and I have it somewhere. I have it over there, but I've been journaling. It's a, it's a good journal. It's a hundred day something or other. It's a hundred day habit formation or whatever. And for me, I want to have five pending deals. Okay. Five pending deals. Cause I know next year, you know, again, it's what you say to yourself, but next year, you, I'm going to be forming the habit during a slower time in real estate. So I have to make more phone calls. I have to be much better at what I do. I, I have lost more pitches lately because they're like, who's the best? Not who am I emotionally tied to? Your skills of selling, your skills of influencing, your skills of marketing, of energy has to be at an all-time high. And it exposes the weak links in your game which is good because then it kind of weeds, not kind of, but it will weed out all those people that were in real estate and in anything. That's essentially what it does. Tillman something, I forgot his name. Uh, books are so much cheaper. Yeah, Earl, Earl Nightingale is probably one of the best that I've heard. And I put him off because I said, ah, basic. But his story is crazy. So, this, this guy Tillman something, the billionaire, he, he recently said, and I've taken it to heart, is that as humans, we overproduce. And at times when we overproduce and consumption isn't there, we have recessions. So we overproduced homes or we overproduced mortgages or we overproduced debt or we overproduced real estate agents, okay? To rein in that the edges have to be burned away and then only the best, only the consumable agents or consumable mortgages or homes will remain. And that's what we're gonna go through next year. So next year will expose all of your weaknesses. Your energy levels have to be dialed in. You have to understand your health to the oomph degree, to the smallest thing. If I don't sleep for half an hour, I'm sorry, if I, if I sleep for seven hours and 30 minutes instead of eight hours, I feel it. I feel it the next day because I can normally wake up before my alarm, 4.30, 4.45. But if I did not work out, I'm not that tired. So then I, it takes me longer to go to bed. And then I'm in bed and then I wake up groggy the next day. So all of these things, it's essentially honing it in. And that's why in here, he says, men rarely... 99% get successful at age 40, 45, and sometimes into their 50s. I just talked about Cranston or Bill Burr or, you know, what's his name? Colonel Sanders, 65 years old. What's his name from McDonald's? 50-something, you know, 
That's crazy. <laughs> so if you guys have any questions, leave in the co comments below. I highly recommend that you do dial in your health. You care about the content and what and start registering what you talk about. How are you talking to yourself? Okay, I think those two things, what you put into your brain, so obviously whatever you, however you water it is how it's gonna grow and then what you say to yourself. And I've pushed away just bad content, bad content, drama content, political content, bad news about the market content. I'm in a WeWork right now that's in the news all the time. I push away that content. I implore you guys to do the exact same thing. So I'm gonna uh, pop out 4.30 p.m. Have an amazing day. Talk to you guys soon.